This is the Subscription Rockstars podcast, brought to you by Subly, the number one subscription e-commerce platform. This podcast is where entrepreneurs, marketers, and business owners learn tactics to grow their subscription revenue with your host, Stefan Pretty. Hello, everybody. This is Stefan from Subly, the subscription e-commerce platform, and we are at Sub Summit 2019 in New Orleans. This is day number three, and I have a very, very, very awesome and special guest sitting next to me. His name is Paul Jarrett, and he is the co-founder of Box and uh, many other things as well, it seems, I believe. So, hello, Paul. What's up, man? Thank you for having me here. No, thank you for joining. Thank you for letting me invite myself on the show. Oh, well, you know, uh, that's the way we like it. <laughs> True <laughs> um, entrepreneur, Exactly. Yeah, hustle, hustle. Uh, okay, so I'm, I'm going to give a formal introduction here. So Paul Jarrett is a subscription box champion, uh, Midwest entrepreneur and co-founder and CEO of Bulu. After a decade of working on ad campaigns for Lowe's and Nike, Paul joined Complete Nutrition and got a taste for the startup life. Life? In 2012, Paul co-founded and launched Bulu Box with his wife, Stephanie. On pauljarrett.com, Paul shares the unfiltered truth about his entrepreneurial experiences, leadership, self-awareness, and subscription box best practices. So that is an impressive resume. So I'm, yeah, I'm kind of looking for that guy right now. Yeah. I don't know where he's at. Yeah, if you, if truth, you find him, truth, let, truth told well, right? Yeah, if, if you find him, let me know because I'd love to interview him. <laughs> <laughs> um, so just to let you know, Paul, at the end we're going to do this like quick fire round uh, where I'm going to ask a couple of questions and you just answer with one one word. Like, yeah, can you make it like really hard and awkward and weird? Yeah, I, I, so that that way people stay tuned into the whole podcast. I mean, I, I can do that. Yeah, actually, do you know what? I'm, I've just thought of a really good one. Good. No, no, there's no line with me. Okay, man. okay. I'm more worried about the people out there hearing the answer. I'm, I'm typing it out right now. Can you see poor, this? Poor pages. What, I'm, ty- I'm typing out right now. Look at this. There you go. <laughs> Yeah. Well, no, I'm, I'm joking. You mean number one or like... Yeah. But now they have to listen. Now they have to listen. There's too many. <laughs> um, okay. So first of all, tell, tell the audience a little bit about Bulu and you can sip your coffee. Okay. Uh, so uh, I am the uh, co-founder of Bulu. We originally started as Bulu Box, which is a subscription box, which contains four to five premium vitamin supplement healthy snack samples. Uh, customers would come to our website, make a purchase of the box, try things out, come back, buy full size. Uh, we started integrating our own kind of secret private label products. That nice. went well. Um, that was about eight years ago. We were one of the very first subscription boxes. Nice. Um, OG. Yeah. We grew to 500,000 monthly recurring revenue very quickly. It's a blessing and a curse. Um, we raised a million and a half dollars before we ever sold the damn thing. Wow. Which is crazy now when I think back on it. Wow. Um, and, uh, you know, things were well, uh, things worked well, incredibly well for about the first, you know, couple of years. And then um, that's both a blessing and a curse. We, we didn't know any better. My wife and I, my wife's our co-founder. And um, what happened was as we were looking for comp- Competition, um, that competition we fared well against when it was direct competitors for Bulu Box. But what we didn't understand was like an industry was evolving. Mm-hmm. And we thought that our competition was other health boxes. It wasn't. It was other subscription boxes and even more importantly, like magazine subscriptions. Mm. So here we are fighting magazine industry and, you know, this own industry, which is fine. But then we raised a bunch of capital. We've raised almost, uh, I think it's right around five million total. Um, when you raise that money and then your customer acquisition 
cost metric isn't going to work out, what do you do? Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. So what we did was we built a software company. Luckily, somebody bought that, so that was good. That nice. helped us out. Um, we decided to focus on doing boxes for other people because okay. we had a few people that tried to buy our company and it just didn't work out. We're open to it, but it didn't work out. And then so we turned around and said, let us build boxes for you. Um, the irony is that as we were kind of trying to figure out what our new path was as a company, we have these boxes for our partners that we were just kind of like, eh, we'll fulfill them, like mm, whatever. Okay. And it was this thing where the damn thing, like the revenue stream just kept climbing. <laughs> and we're like in a room and we're like, what is that damn thing? Like, what is it? Like, is that just fulfillment? Is that like, what is that? And then we went through it and it just like, it was so obvious then. I mean, it, it, it literally had to like jump out of QuickBooks and like slap me in the face. Like, idiot, <laughs> this is what you do. Um, and I think I was in denial about like, man, I don't want to get into logistics. Man, I hate following cash flow. Like, this is not my jam. Like, most people start a box because they're passionate about the product, right? Mm -hmm. um, and then you realize it's a logistics and a cash challenge, yep, right? Yep. And um, once we figured that out and then we kind of like readjusted the team and we focused on that, um, you know, it's so far been lights out. So things are good. Nice. Good. Um, and how many shipments are you guys pushing out? Yeah, we did uh, over 5 million last year. Um, depends on who you ask in a company <laughs> this year. Um, you know, I feel comfortable saying we'll do over 10 million okay. um, total shipments between all of our brand partners. So, you know, you throw Disney, Crayola, BuzzFeed, all the big brands that we do boxes for. That's nice. kind of what I'm going for. Conservative people in our company will probably say more like 7 million. Um, optimistic people in our company will probably be like, bro, we're going to do over 20 million for sure, <laughs> which is how I used to be. But I'm like, ah, like you've learned, you've learned. Up. Yeah, like, yeah, yeah. You know, we got we got to follow the cash here. And since we quit taking VC money and we focused on profitability, I mean, we literally went from like a high cash burning startup to let's do profitability. Nice. You have to readjust your yeah. thinking, and so you know, I kind of try to split the different people. Probably say I'm a little bit more on the optimistic side, but you know, it's I try it's to a, find it's an it's an entrepreneur's prerogative. I think at the end of the day, yeah, yeah, you have to be. I, I I'm a great believer that um, if we're not slightly delusional about what's possible, then we probably wouldn't do it in the first place. Yeah. Oh, absolutely. I mean, you, you have to, um, you have to, you have to trick your brain a few different yeah. ways sometimes. Yeah, yeah. I think we just naturally do it as well. <laughs> yeah. It's like, I always think of like, it's like you're on a roller coaster and it's fun and it's awesome, but you look down and you're like, Oh, I don't have my seatbelt on. Yeah. Oh yeah, exactly. Okay. Exactly. So That's a like, really good I can analogy, actually. be panic the whole roller coaster ride or be like, fuck it. Let's do this. We're doing Put this. my hands up and roll. Yeah. And, and that's, I feel like the life of an entrepreneur. Nice. Um, and if you were to, uh, name it, what's, what would your superpower be? Probably just grit. Grit. Yeah. Oh, that's fun. Yeah. Probably just like the ability to absorb pain and keep going. Yeah. There's no like Spe super. Speaking of pain, you've, you, you've got, you're fashioning a couple of injuries right now. <laughs> yeah. You just told us an awesome story before we started this podcast. Yeah. I, uh, fell off an electric skateboard. Such or an as I like to call it my midlife crisis. Like okay. I can't afford a Tesla yet. Okay. <laughs> I probably can, but I don't want to. Yeah. Right? Right? This, 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 like, yeah like the that. poor kid in me is like, don't yeah, buy the yeah, Tesla. Yeah, right? Guilt. Guilt. Yeah. Totally. <laughs> oh, poor man's guilt sucks. Um, so yeah, I was uh, on electric skateboard and, um, you know, the, the short of it was I kept going and the board did not, <laughs> I broke my wrist and my foot and, uh, got some stitches and some metal plates. And, and you're here at the sub summit just yeah, getting on with fine. it. Yeah. They're just bones. Just bones. Just the body. Bones. I was, bones are honest. <laughs> Joints aren't. Bones. They're fine. They break the heel. <laughs> what's the, um, what's the toughest situation in your business to date? 
total historic are currently like active? Uh, I would say historic. What's the one that jumps out to you? Oh shit, man. Being out of cash multiple times, paying mm. people on credit cards, taking money out on credit cards. Losing sleep um, over that. What? Did you lose sleep over that? Oh god, yeah. yeah. Look at me. Yeah. I'm 22. No. <laughs> <laughs> I'm 37. I look like I'm 57. No, you, um, don't. <laughs> you know, I, I do remember a point of like, you know, um, I remember exactly where I was at, where I was walking. I remember the day. I remember the smell. I remember everything. And I called up one of our investors and I basically said like, all right, we got like, this conversation is going one of two ways. One, you either give me the money or two, um, I've Googled how to shut a company down and i got to start executing that plan. Um, and he was like, yo, 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 hold up, hold up, hold up. He's like, what do you need? I was like, what do I need? What, what, what I needed two weeks ago was 75K. Yeah. So can you do that like now? And he's like, well, tomorrow I'm like, I'm like, bro, like it literally now, yeah. like all my credit cards, everything are maxed. Um, and that was to the point where, you know, you're almost probably like my wife and I were like, we reached like delusional status okay. where we're just like, Dude, we're so deep now. Like, like, who cares? Like, do you love me? I love. Okay, like, yeah, we're, we're in this we together. That. Yeah, like, all right, fuck it. Like, let's go. Let's go. That's awesome. Um, and if you were starting over, what would you do differently? If, like, what's the one thing you would do differently? I know exactly what I'd do. I'd probably um, try to uh, get a time machine and go back in time and, and tell myself, um, you need to understand who you are as a person before you can understand anybody else or business and just like a, a moment of like self-awareness. Mm. I was kind of like two years into this thing before I really had that moment of like, oh, whoa, this is kind of who I am. These are, you know, this, this is, these are the bad things about me and these are the good things about me. Um, and I think the first, you know, to be honest with you, 32 years of my life, I never really had that moment where I stopped to reflect like who I am and how I'm treating others, okay. you know, like is just sports my entire life. And, yeah. and, you know, then I went into the ad agency world in New York City and San Francisco and that's like as cutthroat as yeah. it gets, right? Um, and so, yeah, I would go back and say, you know, go, you know, whatever you got to do, meditate, yoga, ayahuasca, whatever it takes, like yeah. self-reflect and figure out who you are. That's awesome. um, and then once you understand that, okay, now start to, um, you know, think about the business, think about employees, et cetera. And I think we, a lot of people make that it, it's kind of, it's, it's sad in a way when, you know, the, you know, there's people out there that have never had that moment of like self-awareness mm -hmm. because it's so important and it's so powerful. Um, and, and, and I think you can, you know, once you get to know somebody, you can kind of tell that and, those are um, those are the people I want to be around. Those are the special people in the world, um, and you know I didn't have that, and that's that's to me the defining feature is self awareness because what that ultimately allows you to do amongst a bajillion other things <laughs> um, is to identify great people and really at the end of the day like nothing fucking matters but the people that you work with right yeah totally. especially the people at the top right yeah um, and so how the hell do you ever expect to find a players amazing players etc if you don't even know if yourself. you don't know yourself yeah that's awesome like 
Fuck yeah. <laughs> Thanks, man. Um, I think about it a lot. <laughs> yeah, I can tell. Um, one, one, of the, one of the things I was actually going to ask you is what's the number one thing you look for when you're hiring? So we're on that topic already. So let's let's continue with that. Yeah. So I think the most important thing is, you know, I've, I've broken it down into three stages of our company. There's like, um, you know, starting mm -hmm. or I call it like survival mode. Right? Survival mode, yeah. And there's like <laughs> scaling, which, um, you know, I always say you have to flip into like thriving mode and get out of survival mode. And then there's like Optimiz optimization. I haven't figured out a word to rhyme out with that one yet because mm -hmm. we're not there. Mm -hmm. um, and so I think for every kind of stage you are in a company, you really need to sit back and say, you know, what do we need? And I would say, you know, in general, in the early days, we were just looking for raw talent. I mean, frankly, when we first started, it was like, who will work yeah. with us? Yeah, get you done. <laughs> yeah. yeah. You know, you can, you can have a million and a half bucks and um, nothing else. And, you know, there's you can't just hire people on money, you know. Mm -hmm. um, and so I, th I would say in the early years, we hired just raw talent, right? Mm -hmm. And then I would say, um, you know, as we're scaling and optimizing, um, we're really focusing on what the position is or does that person have experience in this industry, right? Mm -hmm. And then that's what we're looking for. But I'd say, in general, the characteristics. So, so I think, you know, you have to figure out what you where you are as a company. It's super important. People get stuck in survival mode. Mm -hmm. I think entrepreneurs fall in love with survival mode, back against the wall. 100%. Me against Went the world. Went through this recently, actually. Yeah. yeah it's hard. And it's then like, you realize you're you just get, sabotaging it actually yourself. Kind of, yeah, exactly. It's a sabotage thing. And then it's like a... I, I found when I started to release that, it, it was actually a familiarity. It was like a, a depression came from it. Yeah. Whereas I said goodbye yeah. to that old, yes. old chapter, you know? Yeah, it's yeah interesting. totally, man. Yeah, it's, it's hard to get, you know, you, you have to level up. You, you totally have to change yourself, right? Yeah. Um, but I would say in general, the, the characteristics, once we kind of clarify where we're at as a business and what we need, um, definitely like fearless or courage, right? Okay. Um, we need people that take ownership of things. We need, we, we call it fearless uh, first class foundership. And then we say friendly, but mm. actually what we have on the wall and everywhere else is fire the assholes. <laughs> So, you know, I would say in general, like when I lock onto somebody, usually there's about three things. There's, they clearly are like courageous or they like, you know, they're, they're not afraid if they have the right tools to perform. They're generally positive. And then what I also love to see is like, they've had a few shitty jobs, like mm -hmm. food service. Yep or they've had a bad boss or they had to drop out of school to like take care of their kid or like whatever it is. So why do you, why is that one of the things that you maybe look for? Probably cause they're tough and, or they recognize what's good. They, they have the ability. Yeah. The, and, and they just like have the ability to get shit done. Okay. You know? and, and like you, you see it. And I, I say this, um, recognizing we have some people in the audience um, <laughs> from our company, but like, you know, you just see it where if they have, ever worked anywhere else mm -hmm. um, not with everybody not with Marcus um, <laughs> but um, you know they tend to think that work is the solution like well why doesn't work do this like why doesn't like you know the company has to solve their own shit right mm -hmm. um, whereas people that have worked somewhere else and had a shit job they're like this is amazing. Don't ruin it. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. So, um, um, yeah, but you know, it just, it just depends on where they've been and who, frankly, it, it probably mostly depends on who their previous manager was. Okay, cool. Yeah. Uh, so looking back, what's the proudest moment that springs to your mind? 
Man, that's a great question. You know what's funny? Every single time I've asked this question to founders, get similar response. They, they just don't have an answer for it. I know. It's because sad. It, like it. It's sad, yeah. It yeah. is. Because yeah. you don't take stock. Yeah. You're just constantly doing. Yeah. And, and, and you know, like, it's easy to remember the, the bad stuff, yeah. right? The traumatic, the PTSD moments, <laughs> right? Um, and my wife and I talk about, like, you know, what was the good moments or whatever. But I, I would say it's more these, like, fleeting moments of, you know, not everybody, but like, you know, certain people like handing them a bonus that you know that they need, right? Mm -hmm. They deserve it. So I, I would say, you know, in general, my proudest moments are um, watching people develop, right? Mm. And, and come into their own. Um, I believe that my like ability and, and what I'm kind of put here or my best use of time is to find great people and give them the tools and the time and the resources to succeed. Mm -hmm. And when that like clicks with somebody, that is the coolest fucking thing in the world to yeah. watch. Like it's almost like, it's almost like they're like, you're like, all right, you're on like a race. You're, you're on the best racehorse in the world. You have the best saddle. You have the best gear. You have everything. Mm -hmm. And they're like, well, what do I do? Go figure out. Do I need to feed the horse? And you're like, mm -hmm. No. And they're like, okay. So like, where should I go? And you're like, forward. <laughs> and they're like, how fast is this thing? Like, fastest horse in the world. They're yeah. Like, okay. What if I need to change like a shoe on the horse? And you're like, nope, it's fine. Go. You know? And then when it, when it clicks and they're like, oh, and you just watch them like, hi <laughs> And they go and you're like, fucking A. Like they get it. That's they're awesome. Like, yeah. That, that, whatever that is, that is like the coolest thing in the world. And that, that isn't young people. That's like everybody. Right. Yeah. And, and one of our most successful people at our company, our president, you know, he's, he's here, he's done well. He's like 30 year corporate lawyer, all this stuff. And, um, you know, he's had, um, autonomy at other places, but he's kind of never had the autonomy that he has now where, you know, literally he's like, you know, I'm like, I don't know how much you want to make, mm -hmm. you know, and, mm -hmm. and like, that's how we operate. Like, yeah. you know, you're the finance guy. You tell me how much we pay you. Right? Yeah. Wow. Um, you know, and, and when you see people kind of make it their own and treat it their own and run with it, that's the coolest thing in the world. And, you know, I'm, I'm actually, truth be told, like I'm a shit manager. Right? <laughs> like I am like, I manage one person because right? like, I'm like, I will mess it up or, or whatever. Um, but when you find those people, put them in place and they come into their own and they succeed. Um, that's the coolest, you know, they're just those moments. And, you know, we recently hired somebody, uh, her name's Brianna and I knew she was going to be like awesome. And, um, we were on a trip and we were just like working together. We had worked at a previous company together and she just started like saying things like, Hey, blah, blah, blah. And I began to like give her a response and she goes, wait, hold on before you answer. Like I want to blah, blah, blah. And I'm like, yep. Yeah. Yep. And so it's like, basically they're stating, here's the issue. I'm going to do this thing unless you tell me now. Yes. And when you 100%. see them just go, you know, and, and now like it'll be huge decisions and I might get an email. It's like, Oh, by the way, we dropped, you know, 50, hundred K on this thing. Yeah. You know, and you're like, cool. <laughs> and then you have no idea you what just, they're doing. You, have, you just have to trust in that process. Yeah, that you yeah. Can place. yeah. That's a cool moment when you see people like realize like, Oh shit, I'm in charge. It also promotes like a, a an environment of trust as well, which I think is Absolutely. imperative for a, you know, successful company. Yeah. We, 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 truth be told, we were missing that for 
probably the first four years of our company. Oh, really? Yeah, that was it, and that was my fault. Like, okay, yeah, is that part of that self reflection thing? Maybe or we started doing this thing, um, this um, um, thing called EOS Entrepreneurial Operating System. Um, EOS Worldwide is the thing. I don't get commission for it, <laughs> and you know the the it kind of teaches you like thirty. I almost you know they have thirty tools that you can use as a business, but it's almost like thirty um, kind of principles, if you will. Mm-hmm. Um, and one of the main principles is like trust. And if you don't trust somebody, either they're in the wrong position or you made the wrong hire, mm-hmm. deal with it. Yep. And and that was, I went, oh my God, I still have the master set of warehouse and office keys. Oh my God, I'm still doing all of it. Yeah. Oh my God. It's like, like a what, symptom. And I'm like, what is that? Yeah. Like, what, yeah. why is that happening? And then you realize like, shit, I don't trust anybody. Yeah. <laughs> like, I trust my wife and that's it. I don't trust anybody. Like, yeah. I gotta, I, this is a, and so it does kind of go back to that self-reflection thing of like, I need to figure out me, like what's happening here that I can't trust anybody else with QuickBooks or, or whatever it is. And once we kind of got over that, um, I mean, it's tough though. It's, it's really tough giving that so hard, like giving that up. It yeah. requires a lot of, of trust. Cause you, you do, you have to go like, is it me or is it like correct in the company to like, cause you can fork over everything way too early. You mm-hmm. know what I mean? And, yeah. and you know, lose your ass financially or whatever. So it's not just a, I got to trust somebody, but it's also like, um, I have to make sure that this is the appropriate timing to make this move. Mm-hmm. And it's easy to like get confused on those things or be in denial maybe is what mm-hmm. it is. Like, Oh, we can't afford that yet. Like, Oh, and, and you gotta like, you gotta get over that. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Totally get it. Totally get it. Um, okay. So when, when you were at the beginning of, of Bulu, what was the process that you took to actually start the business? What were there, oh, there specific steps? Yeah. Um, <laughs> cause you mentioned that you raised money before you even made a single sale. Yeah. What did that look like? Yeah. So, um, you know, we had no idea there were so many resources online and things to kind of like help you start a company. And so my wife and I, I mean, really like legit the day that we launched the company, we were, we were running a half marathon, got a bunch of samples. We came home, we kicked around this idea. <laughs> I love that you were doing a half marathon in the middle of all of this. <laughs> <laughs> Kicking, you know, just just kicking out of the conversation, um, and then we actually were searching for like Bulu Box online, kind of like, does this thing exist? And then it was like, oh shit, this thing doesn't exist. And I think her and I, having such a background in marketing, branding, etc., we were like, okay, what's the name? What's the logo look like? What's the website look like? And we just kind of like almost like project managed it, mm-hmm. and like you know, it, it, we didn't think about financials that much, right? Like we didn't think, it, and we were like, okay, like we have a brand, we have like all this stuff. Like, wait, what do we do now? And I'm like, I don't know. There's probably like some <laughs> tax or you know some like federal thing I gotta do. Some paperwork yeah so like if you I always say like if you would look at my like Google search history it would probably terrify people because it's like how do I start a business yeah. what are the first steps and um, luckily we stumbled into this software which I still love it to death it's called live plan okay or um, liveplan.com 
and it was just like this step-by-step -step tutorial. They had like YouTube videos and they're like, all right, now that you're set up as a Delaware company, what we want to do and you know. That's awesome. Yeah. And so we just, and it's meant for like coffee shops and kind of more traditional businesses, but the mechanics and everything are all the same. Still applies, yeah. Yeah. And it was such a new kind of company that I remember I started calling them, asking for help. And eventually it was like... I was talking to like the CEO because it was such a small company. Mm -hmm. And then I think that was one of the hacks that we learned early on. Like, you know, Shopify, we used really early. Like I had conversations with Toby at Shopify, their CEO, mm -hmm. because we were trying to do this like subscription thing yeah. and they didn't have it on so, Shopify. So unavailable. Yeah. Yeah, and yeah. so just like this, this kind of like hack of like picking up the phone <laughs> and even like Salesforce was huge, but it'd be like, Hey, we're starting a company. Can we have it for free? And they're like, sure. Three years. So, and we still kind of do that today. But, you know, um, in those conversations, also just saying, like, I'm start like, I think a really powerful statement that I learned in that situation was just saying, like, hey, here's where we're at. What would you do in my shoes? Mm, I love that question. Yeah. And, and a lot of, like, successful entrepreneurs. And, and they'll, they'll give you the, you know, like, oh, you got to work harder or whatever. You're like, yeah, like, fuck that bullshit. Like, what do I have to do technically? Yeah. And they're like, oh, you got to do this. You got to fill out this paperwork. You got to pay taxes. Yeah. And, yeah so. It's a really powerful question. I actually used it recently uh, to make a, a firing decision. Yeah. Yeah. Because uh, uh, I didn't want to make it the decision myself. So I, I turned to the person who's most qualified to yeah. make that decision. Yeah. They didn't want to make the decision either. Yeah. So I asked them that question and I unlocked the answer. I believe that 99% of people at a company, if they understood the, if they had a little bit of context and you said, what would you do if you were in my shoes? They'd know the answer. I mean, so many times when I met, that's probably why I'm a shit manager. Right? Like, <laughs> I'm like, I don't know. What would you do if yeah. you were in my shoes or whatever? And they're like, I'll do, I would do blah, blah, blah. And I'm like, cool, do that. And they're like, <gasps> yeah. And I'm like, well, blame me if it goes wrong. I don't care. Like, but do that. Like, Off the record. Yeah. 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 yeah, yeah. <laughs> no, I'm just like, blame me. I'm like, tell, tell our partners. Yeah. Just okay. Blame me. I don't care. It's just funny because like I feel like it, it forces people to step outside of themselves because they're not using their whole entire their own personal lens. Are you, familiar, are you familiar with Maslow's hierarchy? No, it's but like food, shelter, like basically what okay. humans need. I, I I firmly believe that like most people, their decision is ingrained in like um, is this going to impact my Maslow's mm. like my food, shelter, whatever. And then if you can kind of like check the boxes and make them feel like okay, that's not going to impact those things. Yeah. The next and, and probably the most scary thing that's even bigger than that is um, will they suffer embarrassment mm -hmm. and if you can remove that's that from that like okay don't worry about you're, you're gonna get food you're gonna get shelter you're gonna get all of that um, and okay what is it now you're embarrassed this might be the wrong thing all right blame me like yeah. that's fine yeah um, but it's it's amazing to me it's probably the, uh, the sociopath thing right? <laughs> um, it's amazing to me how much people the neutral sociopath. <laughs> <laughs> it's amazing like how much people just what they will do to avoid embarrassment yeah 100%. Um, um i don't have that when i am embarrassed i'm like oh god this feels off. is this what it's like you know like yeah Bleh. but um I, I think that most people are making decisions based on fear not on the opportunity and it's your job as a manager to help them see the opportunity yeah 100 so right now inside of bulu what what are the the key metrics that you use uh internally to measure success yeah so everyone so we do we build private label subscription box programs for other companies okay every um monday uh we have a small leadership team and we open up um it's essentially a glorified excel document document software 
we look at the key performance indicators of each one of our brands. So, you know, Crayola, Clorox, Disney, um, we try to have no more than five key metrics for them. That pulls each team has, you know, probably about 15 key metrics, um, but we just pull the top five yep. and then that pulls into um, a bigger document for us. And then even within that document, so we have all the kind of brands broken down, we pull up the top, top metrics. Um, and then there's probably just about five of them that we look at first. Um, and those are, let's see, we recently changed them, but it is um, presentations or pitches mm -hmm. that are scheduled. Um, it is a contract or term sheet or payment sign. And then it is um, amount of boxes total being shipped. Um, I think it's like that week or whatever it is. Okay. Um, and then the other two are like financial things that I honestly can't remember. <laughs> and, uh, you know, churn's quite a hot topic. My co-founder is looking at me going like, I don't know the uh, other one. <laughs> I'm sorry, you said churn is a hot, to hot yeah, topic? Yeah, so churn's always a hot topic. Yeah, fuck churn. Go on. I, I, I can't stand people talking about churn. Why? Uh, if I buy look Starbucks mints, right? Mm -hmm. Guess what? I bought them. I just churned out. Mm. You know what I'm saying? I think people just look at it wrong. I think it's important. You have to measure it, but like, I don't think you live and die by it because like, I think what you really need to focus on is customer acquisition costs. Lifetime value. Well, well actually let me back up a bit. I think actually what people are missing is the final kind of goal. Right? Like, what are you trying to do? Are you trying to build a billion dollar company? Are you trying to build enough to live off of? I don't think a lot of people define that. And then you go, okay, well, does that goal where you want to be, does that mean we just drive revenue? Does that mean it's subscriptions? Because, you know, revenue allows you to do a lot of things. Mm -hmm. But then if you just focus on customers and you grow that base, that allows you to, to do a lot of things. Um, if you want to focus on profit, that will allow you to do a lot of things, right? Mm -hmm. So switching, I think I have a different point of view because when we were raising venture capital, CAC, LTV, payback ratio, it, it, it was everything, right? Mm -hmm. um, now, since we're profitable and we're focused on increasing profitability, we're not as concerned with churn as we have been, okay. right? What we're concerned with is um, kind of probably more um, CAC and lifetime value of somebody, right? Mm -hmm. um, and I think our mentality is when we build out a business model for a partner, um, just be transparent on like, okay, this box is expensive. We, I mean, some of the models, the box models, I think that's probably the thing that we are by far the best at is building out a business model. We call it a box model or subscription box model, but really it's a revenue stream model. Um, and what we focus on, and some of them actually have like, we expect people to churn out in three months. Mm -hmm. And I, it drives me nuts when people are like, oh, my, my customers cancel in eight months or a year or three months or whatever. Um, okay, is the product as great as you can make it? Well, yeah. Okay, well then that's just what they're going to do. What else can you do? Maybe when they churn out, um, you offer to sell them like a full-size product, right? Or maybe you sell their data to somebody or like whatever it is, like stop fighting to keep them subscribed to your product that they don't want right? and focus on optimizing that customer. So yeah, I just get... Maximizing that revenue. Yeah, yeah. So 
I'm like, you know, fuck churn, like focus on like, what is your goal? What are you trying to do? Okay, now back into that. Like, I think people just start with churn way too early. Probably because it's painful. It's like, it's like having a breakup every, every, every month. It's like people take it personal. Yeah, yeah. they do. Yeah. And that's why yeah. I think people kind of tend to also brush it under the carpet. Yeah. Like people like kind of go, oh yeah, churn's bad. Yeah. Yeah. But the, on the other side of that, they're actually focusing on it because of that. It's like yeah. an ironic yeah. duo. Well, it, it, it's like weird. Maybe I'm just an idiot, but I'm like, <laughs> how do you fix churn? Make a better product. Yeah, well. Like, make it cheaper, make it better. Okay, you, perceived you, value, right? Right, and then, like, if you don't feel that you can do that or you just didn't do that from the get, like, that's the thing. It's like, you didn't make a great product or, you know, you didn't establish the product on your terms from the beginning. Mm-hmm. Well, that sounds like you just made a shit product. Like that—that's a different issue. That's yeah. not a churn issue, right? And there's things you it's can a, do. Again, it's like a symptom, right? Ultimately, right. it's an indicator yeah. of something else is going wrong, right? Right? Or you know, like there's maybe it's just three boxes, and that's the series. Mm-hmm. Like that's that's it. And then you know, uh, yeah, I just get, I get it rubs me the wrong way because people just like. I, I think you nailed it. Actually, I've never kind of been able to pinpoint it. It's like people take it too personally. Mm-hmm. Like, stop taking a customer canceling. Stop taking YouTube comments. Like, get the fuck over it. <laughs> like, if you can't get over that, if you can't stop being emotional over churn, like, you're gonna have problems. Like, was, just was, stop now. I was waiting for the f bomb. It finally came. Just <laughs> 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 <This> one. <laughs> um, so, uh, what's what's your thoughts in general on the the subscription industry? Are you feeling bullish? and positive or have you got I a am, an opinion on it? I am excited about the subscription box industry. I believe in it. I am head over heels excited about um, digital commerce. Okay. Interesting. Yep. So, so I'm feeling subscription boxes, loving subscription, and I am obsessed with e-commerce. Okay. Cool. Yeah. Nice. Um, and then what's next for Bulu? Um, that's a great question. Um, I would say, you know, we're going to stick to our plan and and grow the company and work with big brands and, and build boxes and, and, you know, not complicate things. Um, and then I would say beyond that, we're already tinkering with ways to um, just multiply that growth, mm-hmm. you know, and, and we're just we're just focused on volume and how can we get bigger in that sense. And so, you know, number one is, you know, continue to work with our partners, do well, do right by them, grow that. Um, and then any excess resources, capital, humans or whatever, we have, you, you identify a lot of issues when you do boxes for other people, mm-hmm. right? So, you know, we have over a dozen and it's probably next by the end of the year or next year we're gonna have two dozen programs and if you just listen to the issues that our partners have there's a million things that you can build to solve for that but if we don't take care of business with the box and them first that's not gonna allow us to do other things mm-hmm. with them so um, it's an interesting time for large corporate brands and innovation that's right yeah and that creates a lot of opportunity because they're now moving into this space as well the bigger right. enterprise companies right right and it's just it's just a different I mean it's just a different world I used to be on that side and I used to be like working with Lowe's and Nike and like I get that kind of corporate side and it's just different I mean and now, and now you're a co-founder <laughs> with broken arm <laughs> like, I always think about like you know like people are like chasing down uh, at companies like oh you, did, you didn't use our logo the right way I'm like oh my god you guys are so fucked <laughs> 
Like, what do you do? You chase down the internet? Everybody, you like, you know, the brand? Like, the brand police. Who's talking about brand standards? Yeah. They like, <laughs> fuck out. Um, it's funny because I, I, I saw this, uh, we've got this sign here and it's got the, the, the schedule for the podcast. Yeah. And somebody put a sticker on it last night and at first I was like, ah, vandalism. Uh, brand police hat came on suddenly I was like, ah, do you know what? Bugger it. Yeah, yeah totally. <laughs> Who cares? Totally. Like, it's like, you know, it's like if somebody says something like to a politician or something online and they like try to chase it down and fix it and it yeah. just makes it it works yeah. worse. I'm like just <laughs> let it be I know if I'd taken that sticker off it would have just torn the whole thing <laughs> exactly. up <laughs> exactly it's fine uh, okay so Paul uh, before I jump into the quick fire round um, where can people find you if they're if they're wanting to connect with you or they want to find out more about Bulu yeah well you know honestly if you googled Bulu B-U-L-U or if you uh, googled Paul Jarrett uh, there's probably way too much stuff out there but uh, there is pauljarrett.com mm-hmm. um, there is bulugroup.com um, you know but I would just say at the end of the day um, I'm just an entrepreneur trying to you know do right by other entrepreneurs mm-hmm. um, and our company we're just building private label subscription boxes for big brands um, and I love to connect with people and talk about either one of those things subscription boxes or um, you know what it takes to be an entrepreneur do you have any dream uh, brands that you'd like to work with I think we're working with them that's an awesome answer and that's an awesome place to be yeah. as well yeah nice okay so I'm gonna jump into this quick fire round word uh, okay so the first one is business cards or no business cards oh man um, personally I hate business cards but the world that we live in especially us working with older brands like business cards okay uh, SMS or email for communication what SMS or email for oh, for communication uh, I was just complaining this yesterday <laughs> morning about like god damn it the world is now in, uh, in uh, text SMS okay. like the world now is text message email no more you, you, do, but do you prefer email fundamentally my god it's like it's the same to me okay I, you know you know what this thing probably exists but like where is the thing that just filters everything into one right? like direct like I hate like I got Facebook messages from probably like years ago <laughs> like, you know poor Paige cracked over my LinkedIn one day and she was like you have like 14,000 messages on LinkedIn I'm like I have a LinkedIn account so that's funny um, funded or unfunded I'm asking this even though I think I know the answer I might not. That's the thing. That's why I'm asking. Man. Um, In an ideal world. I... I unfortunately operate the speed operate at the speed of funding because okay. I think if you're a fast and furious person funding if you're like a, I need to go at my own pace mm-hmm. no funding okay. so I, I try to convince myself I'm a no funding person but I'm like alright we got it shit's too slow alright how do we yeah. how do we go faster afterburners are on <sighs> yeah it's a problem <laughs> uh, product first or marketing first mm, I know I'm supposed to say product first but I, I gotta see it in marketing you're through and through marketing I to like see it visually before we get into the product. I got to like know what the message is. I, I always say like, I got to know why. Like, why are we doing this box? That's, that's imperative. Yeah. It's fundamental. Uh, first class or economy? <laughs> These are hard questions. I they're told like, you, man. They're like embarrassing questions. Like, I, oh, shit. I told you, man. Yeah, dude. You said I, challenge I you. I challenge you, yeah. <laughs> um, am I traveling alone or not? Oh, now he's throwing it back. 
If I'm uh, alone first class, if not, I gotta pretend fair, economy. Fair, fair one. Yeah, yeah. Man, nobody, nope. nobody's listening to the podcast. Nobody's listening to us here now. Yeah, no, <laughs> it's fine. You're good. <laughs> yeah. Page, can I get do first class? Don't tell anybody. <laughs> comfort Plus? Fuck Comfort Plus. First class. It's like HDTV. Once you have like HDTV, you never want to go back. I know. So yeah. I'm like, you know, my recommendation is never sit first Just class. Never, never do it. Yeah. Especially like six That's five and have like giant. Oh yeah, of course. Lights. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. He's a giant. I have one of our investors though. He is insistent on me sitting first class. He's like, those are the people that like you need to network with. Yeah, there's a, that's like, a point. Actually. Like that's if good point. you and it goes to the whole like surround yourself with the six people that you want to be like. And mm. like he's like, if you go to, but you also like you have to view it as like a job. You don't go to first class and relax. Like you gotta be like working in the it. mix. So, yeah, and he is adamant about that. So I use that as an excuse to travel first class. <laughs> <laughs> uh, active vacation or a relaxing vacation. I think I know the answer. Active, yeah. yeah. Uh, the one book you'd recommend? Principles by Ray Dalio. Oh, it's sitting in my bag right now. I'm, yeah. That's my next book. Just Google search it it's and then click book. images and they'll just give you an infograph of the nine principles. Done. Like I regret, like I start cracking open the, you know, they're like, here's the pages. point and then here's 20 stories that's behind it. That's the problem it. with books. Like honestly, I feel like they're just trying to like justify the. Are like, you the ready for my hack? Go on. Are you ready for this? I'm ready. First of all, like, like I'm, I, I, I love to read, but the worst thing in the world is getting like two or three chapters deep and then you figure out the mechanics of the book right? and it's repetitive and you're like, fuck this book. Yeah. Uh, so what I do is, um, I'll take book recommendations from people, right? Mm -hmm. um, I will search them. I'll actually click on Google images because so many times people just broke down a visual of like what the book is. If it's still interesting to me, then what I'll do is I'll actually go to, I got an app called Blinkist. Oh, I've heard of it, yeah. Right? And I'll like flip through that. They read it and they kind of give you the blinks or like the main points of the book, right? And if I'm still interested in it after that, I'll do either audiobook or I'll actually like physically read the book. Okay. And then usually by that time rolls around, like it's almost like you got like the outline, you got a deeper outline, and now you got the content. And very rarely does anything make it past make the blinkest. Mm -hmm. um, I think Intelligent Investor by Benjamin Graham is the one of the only ones in recent history that's made it past the process. That and probably like a you know there's a Brene Brown book, mm -hmm. uh, whatever her most recent one is. Like that's one that I like can really sink my teeth into. But also she's just so much better to watch on YouTube than like her books. Okay, cool. That's a good recommendation. And then what's the one thing that you could not live without apart from your phone? Oh, my and your laptop. My, my wife. Okay. Is that a, is that a, no, that's, that's the correct answer. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Awesome. That's well, the, that's a real answer, man. Okay. Yeah, for sure. For Good. sure. Yeah. I like that. Yeah. Well, Paul, awesome meeting you, man. Can I ask you a question? Oh, here we go. Yeah, go for it. What's your kink, man? <laughs> uh, yeah, there's a, there's something behind there's that. There's a joke behind yeah, that. Yeah, there's a joke behind that. I challenged him <laughs> to ask me the weirdest question ever, and then uh, I might have like put that up on his computer. That so was, uh, I tried that may to, have yeah. may have been written yeah. on my computer. Yeah, it, was, it's, it, it felt like you know, like after the party last night and everything, like things are going a little slow. So like, how do we like spice it up? Like, yeah, and I was like, whoa, this will be interesting. <laughs> yeah. Interesting podcast, and then we deleted it. And I was like, Whoa. zero to hundred. <laughs> well, Paul, thank you so much for your time, man. Thanks, I appreciate man. it, appreciate and I hope it. that you have a full recovery. Yeah, and uh, yeah, I look forward to connecting again in the future. Thank you for having me on the podcast. Anytime. I'll see you around, man. Take care, man. Bye. 
been listening to the Subscription Rockstars podcast, brought to you by Subly, the number one subscription e-commerce platform. We appreciate you taking the time to engage with and listen to this podcast. Make sure you click subscribe to find out when the next Subscription Rockstar podcast episode is available. For now, keep rocking on.